Welcome to Dice and Delves, a tabletop role-playing game podcast where I talk to other tabletop gamers about their experience playing or running various RPG games. We follow them as they tell us about some of the funniest, epic, and heart-wrenching stories of their various campaigns. Welcome to Dice and Delves, and I hope you enjoy the delve. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we have EJ Monkey on. He runs a YouTube channel and also participates in the Sibling Sassing series on YouTube. He also plays D&D, hence why he is here. Go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead? With what? What do I say? Ah. Shout out your channel or something. Oh, yeah, I'm EJ Monkey. I have a YouTube channel where I do a lot of different things like gaming videos, D&D, animations, Basically, whatever I'm interested in. I program video games sometimes. I'm just kind of an idiot that does random stuff. And I do something sassing with my sister on her channel. It's fun. Um, so you play D&D. Um, how long have you been playing D&D? Well, I started... Uh, it's getting close to a year now. I started, I think, in summer of last year. So we're about two months out from being a full year of playing Dungeons of the Dragons. And, uh, it's very fun. Cool. Um, do you typically play as a DM or a player? I've actually done about equal amounts of both at this point. But I'd say that I'm still a terrible, unprofessional enough one of it either. <laughs> I haven't played enough to fully, like, um, know what I'm doing with the rules and everything for either one. So when I Dungeon Master, I probably cheese the rules just a little bit, but it, I have a lot of fun and people seem to like <laughs> yeah it's it's all about having fun most of the time in the game um accomplishing the goal and all that what do you remember from the first time you played D? oh <laughs> uh well the first time i played Dungeons and dragons was uh i had no idea what i was doing and my friend stuart who was uh dungeon mastering for me he also didn't know what he was doing because he had never tried being a dungeon master before. He'd played the game before as a player, but he'd never been a dungeon master. So both of us were just kind of sitting there trying to figure out what we were doing. And he was like, oh, uh, let's say you could attack twice. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know. And I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know. And we just kind of bumbled uh, half of a campaign that was from a book. So Stuart was like reading everything, not knowing what he was doing. I was just sitting there not knowing what I was doing. And I was playing a character. The first character that I decided to make was a character that was lit so dumb. Like, he didn't know how to do anything. He could barely speak proper English. And I thought it would be fun to play a character who's just, like, a mindless barbarian smashing things to bits instead of, like, the kind of smart thinking about things character that I am in real life. So I was just this character that was too incompetent to do anything. And I was just trying to figure out this puzzle of a dungeon it was fun. I don't know. We just we had a rough time figuring out. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a lot of first player sessions just trying to figure out the game. It's it's usually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. One more question for this phase. Um, what was it like rolling your first twenty? Oh, like a natural twenty. Yeah. Uh, I think it was in that first session, like I was saying, where I was just a dumb barbarian doing dumb things. 
I think the net, first Nat 20 I had was on something kind of mundane. Like, it didn't really do much. Uh, I was just trying to climb a rope to get down, uh, or, like, rappel my way down to the side of a cliff to get to the dungeon that I was going to. Uh, but, like, if I had failed it, I probably would have just, like, fallen 10 feet and, like, land on the ground anyway. So I basically just was really good at climbing down that rope. <laughs> I just flew down that rope like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> Sometimes that's what it's like. Um, uh, what are some of the best characters you've ever created? I know everyone has their best character story. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a, a, a bunch of ones that I kind of like, but uh, the one that I'm most excited about or most proud of, I guess, would probably be uh, Maltheus, a dragonborn who's uh, a really, like, just too nice of a guy. He's a fighter that literally exists and doesn't want to fight. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's pretty cool. Um, what are the some of the best in-game moments you've been a part of? Whether you rolled a really good and it was just like the one roll you needed or you were just part of someone else's great moment. Well, uh, are we talking from a Dungeon Master's perspective? Either one, either one. All right, well, whew, it's hard to think of uh, one moment that I would call the best one. I had one moment in a campaign where I was playing again with Stuart as a Dungeon Master, and uh, he decided to introduce, like, 13 guys on horses that uh, trotted into a town, and they were, like, soldiers, and they were angry. So I had I was actually playing Malthus, and I had uh, Malthus try to talk to these guys and, get, well, you know, not attack and cause problems. They didn't listen, but I had planned things so to where uh, I managed to get them all in a line, right? Uh, so all 13 men and all 13 horses were directly in front of me. Uh, and so when things went south with the conversation, I was like, all right, let's just use my uh, fire breath and just I barbecued <laughs> all of them. amazing. <laughs> It was so great. <laughs> when I announced what I was going to do, Stuart just went, no, you are not. <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> was so that's, a, that's a pretty good one. Um, what is some, What are some of the worst in-game moments you've been a part of? Like just a bad one or something like that? Ooh, well, I've had a lot of those moments. Probably the worst one was a series of rolls that were so bad that it basically made me unable to progress in the story that I was doing. Uh, I had my friend King Ray Ray being the dungeon master, and I was uh, a single player campaign, so I was the only one doing anything. I was playing this character who's a uh, gnome wizard, and his stats aren't terribly good, so I was trying to like go off and fight things. But I, when I was trying to fight things, my spell would miss i would not be able to like do enough damage i only had a quarter staff as my weapon so that's like 1d4 of damage uh effective and i i failed basically every check i was doing throughout the entire session i could not i could not climb trees i instead fell and broke my leg i could not fix my broken leg i instead made it worse i could not play music i instead played just the worst thing you've ever heard i could not fix <laughs> That sounds Anything, like... I could not move a boulder. I could not 
dig a hole to fix the river that was needing to go around the river. I lit a forest on fire. I basically just ruined everything. And I was limping my way literally through the campaign because I broke my leg and I was gimbling along and it was just terrible. That's and then why the next you always have a healer. Of the same campaign. Yes, well, I was the only player in the campaign, and I didn't know what I was doing. And then the next ca- the next session, I was still equally as terrible, but Ray, Ray wasn't uh, willing to just kind of like <laughs> let me have it. As the dungeon master, he was just like, nope, you gotta figure it out. So then the next session, I accidentally dropped the key to whatever I was doing into the bottom of a piranha-infested pool, and I had no way to get it out. Um, so I had to dive into a piranha-infested pool to get it out because I'm so useless at it. <laughs> so it was just a series of unfortunate events, basically. It's the Not series of unfortunate one. events. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then I ended up try- like I was in a room where literally my character—the only thing he can do is magic. That's the only thing he's useful. With. And this room was a anti-magic room. Anytime I cast any spell it had the chance to like turn me into a chicken backfire damage me or do something else ridiculous oh which is why i dropped the cube in the front and tested the pool, pool to begin with Ouch. Uh, basically yeah just i i was the worst character in the world there was no one that could possibly have failed as bad as me ow <laughs> um have you ever encountered that guy that one player who's always, like, just the worst. Whether it's not worst in the sense that they're worst in rolling, as they're just a terrible person. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've really encountered someone who's, like, that guy in terms of being just annoying to be around, participating with everyone and everything. Uh, I've def- definitely had <laughs> a couple times where a player is, like, kind of stealing the show and, like being just uh which kind of encroaches on everyone else's what they wanted to do um but i've never really had someone who is is like disagreeable a jerk or whatever Uh, so luckily most of my experiences have been okay which is which is pretty good you don't you don't want to run into that guy no no well i haven't done it yet hopefully i won't (laughs) um do you have any other tabletop systems that you ha- that you like that aren't Dungeons and Dragons? Well, I've actually never really tried another tabletop system at this point. I've done, like I said, kind of cheesing the rules and making things up as I go. That's the only thing I've really done, and that for that basically I just made up my own kind of system as I was good ideas for how I would want to just improvise and make up. Uh, something purposely different, not just because I don't know how the rules, but, but like changing a little bit of how the game works while keeping the core of the Dungeons and Dragons rules. I'm really curious how that would work out, and I kind of want to do that sometimes, but I haven't really gotten around to doing it yet. Um, so just kind of personal experience or experiments, uh, like Dungeon, where um, you make a the world based on what the players do, rather than having a world set and then letting the players ex- explore around it. That yeah. Something else that I wanted to try, but I haven't there's, actually. Done there's definitely some really good uh, systems out there. Um, excuse my dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's definitely some good systems out there. I've play. I'm more into indie RPGs than I am into D and D. There's some good systems out there. 
Um, since we're only literally 12 minutes in, do you want me to ask you some more questions? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. However much you want to... I could probably tell you um, some more stories, things my players have done, or... Uh, I'll ask you one question from the Dungeon Master section and one for section from the player section, and then we'll move on to some more stories. Okay. Um, what are the, some of the things you do to pre prepare for a session as a Dungeon Master? <laughs> Funny you should ask that. I don't prepare enough. <laughs> um, so ask the Dungeon Master. What I try to do to prepare, uh, I try to prepare the stats that I'll need. Like, if I have a couple of enemies that I want to throw at the players, I'll try to pull up the stats for those to make sure I know what weapons they have and all that kind of stuff. Even so, that still doesn't help me enough. I still mess things up, and it's still terrible. But I do my best to try to get, like, the general stats of creatures that I'll need for combat and other things like that. I don't typically prepare, like, a detailed map of the environment that I'm going to be sending the players into. Because I usually either keep that in my head, or I don't have time to, uh, and I kind of make it up based on what the players do. Um, don't tell the players I said that. <laughs> so things do tend to change a little bit, depending on what the players do. As far as what happens in the story, I usually have a basic idea of what I want to happen. I have an idea of the characters that will be around, whatnot, and I try to have a general idea for what I want the players to do so I can try to guide them if they're not really figuring out what they need to do or not really accomplishing anything. Um, sometimes I write out a large script, which is probably unnecessary because whenever you start reading a large block of text to the players, they kind of zone out and uh, all your hard work and storytelling just kind of becomes you narrating and the players not getting to do Or anything. they immediately try and derail try it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I try to just react to what the players do mostly and I, I really don't prepares i i do want to prepare more but usually my life is busy and i don't have enough time to prepare as i'd like so i have to wing it and improvising is a skill that i think dnd has helped me to get a little bit better with but i still need to get better yeah and that, that's pretty standard for dungeons and dragons a lot of players a lot of bigger dms um have like matt mercer for critical role and stuff have like huge plans but as a beginning din dungeon master, a lot of people aren't going to be able to do that much when they start out, and that's kind of an expectation that we need to kind of get rid of. Yeah, of course. Matt Mercer and those guys—they're like professionals that have been doing it for decades, and like they have a lot of experience. If you're a newbie, definitely don't try to aspire to be like ever. Just <laughs> relax, chill out. Yeah, I mean, you can aspire to be get that good eventually, but you're not going to be that good right from the start, unless you're, like, a novelist or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like something that Matt Kola once said. He was like, uh, your first adventure is going to be terrible, and then your second one's going to be slightly less terrible, and then your next one's going to be slightly less terrible than that. But they're all going to be terrible at first. Don't worry failing, because that's how you learn and get better. As long as you and your players have it's fine. That's the whole goal of the game. So. It doesn't need to be like a award-winning production. It just needs to be something that you enjoy and something. That's pretty much what all D and is all about. And now one yep. one question from the player section: um, Where do you draw inspiration for your characters? 
Ooh, usually I just kind of come up with an interesting idea. The way I've made almost all of my characters so far is, hmm, what are the classes? I haven't played that one yet. Let me try to come up with something that works with that. So I try to choose a class that I haven't played before. I try to choose a race that I haven't played before. And then I try to come up with a couple interesting personality traits that I think would be interesting or that would be different from my usual person. Um, my gimbal, uh, I, I had never tried a wizard, so I was like, oh, I'll make a wizard. That didn't end up turning out so well because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. But, but <laughs> yeah, hey. I made um, a, uh, I made a, yeah. a sorcerer recently, and I had no idea what I was doing, so I picked a lot of the bad spells right off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spellcasters are a bit, a bit rough because you have to like research what all different spells are and figure out what options you want. Uh, a lot so of new tools that have come out recently for both DMs and players that have helped a lot um, are things like D&D Beyond or like any tabletop simulator or anything. Those are massive help for most DMs nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, and now if uh, the last thing pretty much on the list is stories. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to tell... Also. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh are you asking for like a specific no just any story um okay uh are you gonna you have any stories of your own as well or uh, is it just sure. gonna be me <laughs> we can both tell stories um so i think one of the funniest stories i've been through is uh one of my first campaigns ever when I was really young and and very very stupid, mind you, um, uh, I just we were scouting an enemy uh, an enemy camp, and it was like full of bandits or something, and I decided to sit on our party's um, attack wolf, and inadvertently uh, it alerted the entire enemy team or the entire enemy group to our presence and initiated combat by accident. <laughs> How'd you do that? Uh, uh, they started chasing us once they saw, once they heard the wolf cry. So. Oh no. <laughs> That's funny. Not one of my brightest moments. <laughs> I once accidentally shot my teammate in the back with an arrow at point blank range. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> one of my my uh, brother actually my sibling he um we were playing dungeon world actually um and our friend was running it and he accidentally um was trying to shoot at an enemy and accidentally skewered me through the heart oh gosh and immediately killed my character because my character was on like two health <laughs> oh no <laughs> He pretty much terrible. crit headshotted me, and I had little to no health left. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, the guy I shot wasn't quite that bad off, but he quickly became worse off because not only did I shoot him, I also tried to help pull out the arrow, but I instead crit failed again and pushed it in. <laughs> so... Ooh, ooh, that's painful. Yeah, he went down the neck. Next round. <laughs> Ouch. He didn't die though. Just went down. 
Yeah, some DMs are pretty cool. They'll let you like if a player can revive you with a certain within a certain number of turns, you're still good. Yeah, he had to make a bunch of death saves and stuff, but it was rough because he was. Luckily, in, we found a wishing ring in the next room that he, that the DM actually hadn't even planned for my death. <laughs> <laughs> so there was just a wishing <laughs> ring, and they had to use it on me. That's handy. <laughs> I haven't had a player character die in any of my campaigns. Well, okay, that's a lie. I haven't had a player character die unexpectedly or unintentionally um, in my campaign. Ooh, tell more. I'm usually, I'm usually pretty careful to uh like have deaths be more like if a is tired of playing a specific character and they want to switch, I'll let them switch by killing off their character. Or if they want to, um, I don't know, just have like quit playing the campaign, that kind of thing. But yeah, I usually don't just kill players. Uh, I, you, it's usually for a reason that they die. Purposes. Yeah, but I'm I'm. Thinking about like be becoming more harsh, like the the real game of Dungeons and Dragons, I guess, and uh, doing it by the rules and making sure that uh, uh, encounters are balanced so that players actually could fail if they play stupidly. Yeah. Because uh, um, so you far, always want to try and do that a little are... bit. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's to be fair, most of my players and myself included are all pretty new to the game, so I didn't want to just like, hey, here's your first experience to the game. You're dead, by the way. <laughs> So. Yeah, that, there's a system called Call of Cthulhu that is pretty well known for doing exactly that. <laughs> That's a... that one, but I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, um... So, uh, got any more stories? Because I can't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got a bunch of, a bunch of stories. Uh, one story that I find pretty funny is uh you know that guy i was talking about who sometimes kind of um steals the show and does like amazing things yeah that's because he or like he he's really good at the game i don't know how many years he's been playing but he knows like basically everything about it and he's ridiculous item stats like on the fly uh he's really fancy and i aspire to be that good someday anyway because he knows so much about the game he like creates these characters that are ridiculously broken like he creates Sorcerers capable of shrinking boulders down to like one eighth their size for no reason, and then he just throws them out of his bag and pulls down an entire enemy <laughs> because he casts enlarge on it as it's enlarging anyway. I don't know. It's just combinations like that to cause three hundred damage to an enemy. That's yeah. If you know uh, the game that well, <laughs> he's just yeah. So so basically, he he makes these ridiculous characters like uh, Pokemon trainers and just. He memes around. He took out. Oh my god! I, this is a side story, not even the one I wanted to tell. But he once played a character called Edgy. Uh, his goal was to be the edgiest in the world, or whatever. And he just kind of stares into his black orb, which was his arcane focus all the time, and just goes around being ridiculous. And he's apparently killed seven thousand men in his backstory. So he came into my campaign, and I. Was, I was like, all right, this will be fine. Uh, and there was like this big political conflict with uh, humans and orcs fighting each other. In a, and Edgy Edward was like, yo, can I go fight the orcs? And the humans were like, no, we just fought a big battle. We are very weak. We cannot go to battle. And Edgy Edward, I can go do 
do it. Or proceeds. This already alone. sounds amazing. He goes alone to the orc army. There are hundreds of orcs in this encampment, and Edgy Edward like orcs to not hurt him. He uses ridiculous spell combinations to like burning hands and uh, uh what's the what's the word i don't remember what the term is but he had some sort of oh hellish rebuke i think is what it was so basically anytime someone hurt him they just engulfed in flames and he did ridiculous things and <laughs> that sounds ridiculous there're like two sessions he took out several hundred orcs turned them all against each other put one other orc that he convinced to be his friend just some random baker orc named steve in charge of the army and got them all to die and i was like great these these orcs were going to be used for something but i guess not anymore <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like an amazing that. campaign to be a part of <laughs> oh that whole campaign was a mess uh, it, it started out so it was supposed to be a three shot um it turned out to be a 20 shot because I had another character, uh, or my friend, he was playing a Aarakocra, which is a bird person. Uh, and in like the second session, uh, nobody else could make it. So it was just, and I was like, ah, oh, that's fine. We can just have him be there for one session. He probably won't be able to accomplish very much or progress the story. And then once everyone else gets back, we'll, we'll be able to do stuff. But boy, was I wrong, because the bird person apparently can fly. So he decided to fly all the way across the island, like skip ahead the story. Then he chose to side with the orcs, start the orcs on an army, like starting to attack the humans. He threw a dragon in a volcano and inf infected the island, which was actually a living creature with a plague. Uh, he just changed the entire course of the campaign. And I was like, oh, gosh, this is, this is ruining everything. This is the story that just keeps what am I gonna giving. Do? I know, literally everything is <laughs> just a horrible failure, and I'm just trying to keep on a smile, like, oh yeah, yes, this is fine, nothing is wrong, as I freak out inwardly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, is there any other stories you want to tell? Um, I think I've got maybe one more, um, and then I guess we're pretty much done. Alright, sounds good. Uh... Well, the whole reason I tried to bring up my friend who knows too much about the game is because uh, one time, first time I ever tried dungeon mastering, I was having the players kind of like an interesting, well, it was supposed to be a mystery, didn't end up being a mystery. Um, but anyway, there was a big cliffside that was like 50 feet down. Uh, there was this cliffside, there was a eight inch left, and uh, one of my characters was or one of the player characters was standing on that eight inch ledge looking up the cliffside to the other player character who was up on the top of the cliff this was like a sheer rock cliff like maybe one or two degrees um so basically you could just fall and die below below this ledge there was just a bottom pit there was a cloudy death just nothingness and uh, so the player character up on the top is looking down and uh uh, he needs to get down to the ledge to join, uh, and he does have a rope. But no, what he ch what, what he decides to do is, I'm going to jump down to the ledge, and I'm like, you realize you are jumping <laughs> down fifty feet down a sheer rock cliff 
and you are trying to land on an eight inch. If you fail this, you are going to die. And then and he's like, it's all right. I believe in the power of the net 20. And you want to do this anyway. And my friend who knows too much about the game is like, yep, I'm doing it. And I'm like, okay, please don't die. And then he proceeds to nat 20. He's, he called it. He was like, you right here. And then he got a nat 20. And I was like, how? What? Why? Sometimes so the I dice have... roll that way, though. I know. So he proceeds backflip down the cliff, slide gracefully down this 50-foot incline, and then land lightly on this 8-foot or 8-inch ledge. <laughs> on, and I was just like, how? That is impossible. <laughs> what? I don't understand. Oh my. And my friend was like, ah, I figured I just needed a non-natural 20, but I got a natural 20, so that works. And I'm like, even still, that was so... <laughs> but it worked out. That's that's a pretty what, good that was story. One of the better moments. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think one of the most epic moments I've done in a campaign recently. I'm gonna go with recently because it's gonna take a while if I try and think of something in the past. Um, was <laughs> I was playing an indie RPG that we may actually have the creator of on the show in a future episode. Um, oh, cool. Uh, it's called Goblinville. And basically, the dice system works a little bit different. You have a twist, a harm, a danger, and an action. So basically, you can try and use your traits and stuff to give yourself different dice. And uh, I was given, I was a, basically an old, uh, like an old buff pit fighter named Gabo, because this is all, your, all the characters are goblins. And mm -hmm. so this character, this was my last role before I had to leave. Um, I was, my last role was to take, was to intimidate these demon dogs. And I rolled sixes on each die. And so I basically terrified these dogs <laughs> with all sixes to, um, to get them to go to the opposite side of the dungeon, and it was amazing. A little bit. <laughs> um, so I think I'll close this off with one last question. Um, what keeps you coming back to D&D uh, &D and other RPGs? Uh, well, I'm, I'm really a storyteller. I've been writing novels and like goofing on the storytelling and making up things like that for probably nine, ten years at this point. Uh, so I really enjoy just the idea of creating stories, goofing around, and uh, Dungeons & Dragons sort of storytelling, and it's a fun way to goof around. I really enjoy it. Um, the characters It's, it's like having characters walk drama. through your story. Yeah. And it's a fun way to like hang out with friends. Indeed. So that, that's what keeps me coming back. I enjoy it. So um, I think that's the end of this episode. Um, do you want to say anything before I close this off? Um, uh, no, <laughs> I guess not. I don't know what else to say. Um, Dungeons and then... Dragons is fun. If you haven't tried it, you should try it. <laughs>
then I shall close this off with saying thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the delve.